Welcome back to Vertigo, a House of Bob Lancer campaign set in the distant Long Rim. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm playing Rusk Tilson, call sign Vestige, the over the hill super soldier. I'm Sean, and I'm playing Petrocles, call sign Exodus, the adolescent war priest of Ares. This is Alex. I'll be playing Matt Rioska, call sign PCB, the ever loyal union loving droid. Hi, I'm Schubert. I'll be playing Val, call sign Valkyrie, a techno Viking monster hunter. And I'm Jake, your game master. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, stop by our Patreon, or tell your friends about us. Roll on. Before we start today, just a quick announcement that starting next week on January 9th, our new clean actual play podcast feed, Tales of Bob, will be launching. We'll be playing the Pathfinder 2E Adventure Path Quest for the Frozen Flame, and there'll be four episodes available on day one, so be sure to subscribe to Tales of Bob on your favorite podcast app. The new feed is only possible because of the generous support we receive from our listeners. So thank you, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy. Yeah. Four episodes. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Subscribe now. Download them all on day one, and leave us reviews on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can, because those downloads are hugely impactful to uh, our visibility on those apps. Mm -hmm. If the more people, you know, you download it onto your mom's phone and all of her friends' phones and all of them, you know, because you're the tech support person for your family. And your mom's friends. And that helps us a lot. It's a good opportunity to test out new podcast apps. (laughs) Listen to the episodes (laughs) multiple times. And if you don't believe in iTunes or podcast apps, just tell everyone you know in real life. Yeah. On the streets, on the bus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Call your local... At your mom's uh, friend's house. Representatives. Yeah. 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 Call your yeah. senator or um, congressman. Mayor? Yeah. Yeah. Call the <laughs> <Yeah>. mayor. <laughs> call the mayor. Good. So we, we read the ad uh, exactly from the uh, shared doc that we had there. So we're good to go now. Yeah. I mispronounced a word, but I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last episode, you were exploring the derelict station, discovering that in addition to mining, the station housed a secret SECCOM armory. You also found out who was behind the abduction of Vic and Septima, the Horizon Collective, an NHP rights organization. Nihilistic mercenary Dibs told you that they were hired to abduct Septima and bring her to the station so that she could interface with the old base AI. We left off with you finding security footage of the armory where Septima is being held, connected to the base computer and guarded by an army of mechs under the control of the station's NHP. This is not good, you guys. If that thing keeps printing mechs, and if it's able to control them, or even more of those tentacle things, we're in trouble. Yeah, this might not be a rescue mission. Yeah, if uh, Septima is, uh, if she's been interfacing with that thing, I mean, maybe she's caught whatever it's got. Matt says... Septima is a union sister. We cannot leave her behind. No, of course. We ought to rescue her. I'm just, I'm just worried. This next room is power generation. Maybe we can cut something off and turn off the printers if we, uh, you know, flip the right switch. All right, let's do it. All right. You walk into power generation. And as you might expect, you see big banks of power generators that hum with a uh, green light and energy. And you additionally see two subalterns. I don't know if I've explained what a subaltern is. It's basically just a very simple robotic body that you would have an NHP control so they could, you know, exist in the real world, right? So not dissimilar to Matt's body. Right. But these are very simple ones that looks like they don't have any special uh, 
equipment or anything. It looks like they were just meant to, you know, probably exist in the world so someone could talk to an NHP without having to go through the computer, right? Like a base model sort of thing. Yeah, base model. As you enter, they were both standing beside one of the power generators, just stock still, and they turn and look at you and you see their eyes are flashing with a red light with a very fast strobe effect. And they both leap towards you with their fists ready to fist, ready to pummel. PCB UK if I shoot these guys? Oh yeah, yeah. We don't have much of a choice. Is there out of combat combat? Is that what's happening right now? It is out of mech combat, which is just narrative play. So we're just resolving it, not dissimilar to how we did it in the sprawl. You say what your objective is, what you want to do when we roll an appropriate roll. And if you succeed, you succeed. If you don't, you don't. Matt would like to try to incapacitate them if possible. Yeah, sure. Whatever AI or NHP is inside of these mm-hmm. shells, you know, it would be kind to not uh, be able to know. reuse the parts later. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Matt would like to try to, you know, do a like a martial arts grabbing fists to stop them from punching. And sure. you just flip their off switch. Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. Sure, sounds good. They are wild and they do not stop. They are wailing their arms at you and charging at you and trying to get at you. And you, you, you try to hold them back, but they're frenzied, if you will. So it might be difficult to restrain them in that way, but hey certainly worth a try. Whatever you do, I'm going to give you a difficulty on it because, again, they are berserking, essentially. Okay. I knew it was robo-rabies. If you have an appropriate skill or some someone else wants to help you... I have take control and I have two tertiary arms, so... <laughs> you, do, you do have a heck of a lot of arms. <laughs> yeah, I do. They allow for fine motor control and enhance combat efficacy. Oh, so perfect. I'll count that then, yeah. Yeah. So you're still getting the difficulty, but then you get the accuracy from your gear, so those cancel out. So then you're just rolling your plus two, take control. 15. That's enough either way. Okay. These two subalterns charge at you, fists flailing and smashing their bodies against you. You're able to use your extra arms to grab one of them and keep them at arm's length long enough for maybe one of your uh, allies there to pop over and, you know, flip the switch. I'll flip the switch. And one of them slumps to the ground. Uh, how about the second one? Somebody else want to do something? Well, Val has an axe in her hand, so she does what she was trained to do. She takes this thing's head off. Perfect. Any applicable skills, or are you just swinging? Unless I can say that this is me showing off. I don't know about show off, but <laughs> remember, you can also tag your background. Right, Monster Hunter. Yeah, so I think you could apply that, and that would give you an accuracy. Cool. Oh, and that uh, gives me a D6, correct? Yeah. Perfect. So that's a 13 total. Perfect. No problems. Yeah, one clean swipe of your axe and the head goes flying off, clatters to the ground behind. But the body of this machine is still charging at you. Hmm. It charges fists first, smashes into you, trying to smash you into the wall behind you basically just trying to crush you under the bulk of its metallic body. You you succeeded on that last roll, though, so no immediate consequence, but he's still gone. I'm like, damn, that usually works. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull out my shotgun. I'm like, this ought to do. And then uh, I run to the side, the side of it. So that way I'm not just shooting blindly and maybe hitting Val. Guess. <laughs> you know, just safety first <laughs> with a shotgun. And then I'll uh, take a shot at it. Can I use my skill trigger for this? 
yeah, you've got assault. So that I sounds assault. This is take part in direct and overt combat. I'd say that applies. That sounds about right. So D20 plus two? Yeah. What's your background? Super soldier. That sounds like an accuracy die to me. Yeah, if you want. Do I add a D6 then? That would be a D6, yep. What the hell? Oh, man, even with the accuracy, what did you get? <laughs> I got a nine. Oh, I'm sorry, Val. <laughs> so this is interesting. You do have the option on a failed narrative roll. You can push it, right? So you get to re-roll, but it becomes a risky roll, which means there's possible consequences on the roll. Push it. So you could roll again, but if you fail this one, then yeah. You do might. I get my same stats? Yep. Okay. I will push it then. So I had initially stumbled... Um, as I was running up to it, and uh, I was hopefully able to regain my balance. So let's find out. Much better. I got a 19 on that one. There you go. Nice. So I blasted in its core, the core of its body. So risky rolls have clear complications in rolls under 20. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, but you, you got 19. That's pretty darn good. So I'm not gonna. I don't think do any damage to Val or anything. But I think this shot just so cleanly annihilates the like central portion of this subaltern that there's no chance the NHP inside survived. Oh no. Well, it happens. I'm sorry. Matt, look away. (laughs) You did what you had to do. (laughs) With that, the two uh, subalterns are uh, dealt with and you are in an empty power generation room. All right. Well, we have this one thanks to Matt. Good thinking, Matt. Yeah, is there any way that I can like interface with the one that's been disabled and you know check if it's received some specific commands or if it's under someone's control or something like that you could i think you recognize that that might be dangerous in the state that it's in right now you might be exposing yourself to uh robo rabies to robo rabies rabies no one wants you to expose yourself (laughs) (laughs) but you can certainly uh, take the casket you know the usb drive essentially that the NHP okay. is stored in and you can take that and maybe when you're uh, back on the station you'd have a better chance of exploring it. Yeah, I'll take its USB drive out and I'll put it in my chest compartment. Nice, good thinking. Yeah, take the capsule with Robo Rabies back to one of the most heavily <laughs> populated human stations in the uh, this part of the galaxy. I, I'm down with that. For the Union. Wow. You don't have to worry about it. We can't catch robo-rabies. That's why he's not plugging it in. <laughs> we got experts back at the station that can look at that. They know what they're doing. <laughs> oh, no. Matt's Matt's thirsty and he can't drink. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean I don't have to be nervous about it. <laughs> so we take a look around the power generation room. Is there like a big red button that I can press to turn off all of the mechs and robots in the facility? <laughs> yeah, big levers we can pull down. That seems like that'd be a pretty easy solution to this whole thing. If I was going to build a facility with killer robots in it, that would be one of the first things I include. Yeah. (laughs) I think you're supposed to include a kill switch. That's like OHNS 101. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know that SETCOM was quite that uh, forward thinking. Oh, it's not a unionized work facility? (laughs) (laughs) It's an evil union. Yeah, evil union. You see there's these uh, the big power generators. There are some control panels. You see also what look like a large like backpack sized battery and it has kind of a blue shimmer on the inside where this uh, energy is stored and you recognize that this battery is a core power battery which will let you recharge one of your core powers oh i think from the information you guys have gathered you did get kind of a bit of a look at the layout through the security room and there's definitely backup power this isn't going to shut off the whole station or anything hmm. 
but it might uh, maybe affect something in one of the other rooms if you still want to try to shut it down. Mm. All right, Val, you want to swing that axe around a bit? Love to. Who's used their core power, by the way? I have. I have. Yeah. All of us? Matt might be good because that would bring back your turrets? No. No? What was That's your core That's a separate power? supply. Oh, okay. It's the same thing as everyone else. Yeah, for all of us, it just lets us do like an extra boost a turn, I believe. Oh, that thing. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I it's mine too. <laughs> it's different for me though. Yeah. My ability gives everybody in the team a buff. Right. For one round. All right. <laughs> I would say that might be the one we should replenish. You've convinced me. <laughs> Sounds good. I begrudgingly hand you the backpack. Uh, thanks, guys. I'll make sure I uh, take care of you with it. Yeah, it's big and heavy, and you'll have to lug it back to where you parked your mech. But uh, you strap it on your uh, back and adjust your weight, and you're good to go. That's how you get strong. Was the plan still to cause damage to this generator? Someone told me to swing an axe, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think we should. You swing away. There's a shock of sparks and the green glow of energy flickers on and off as you do. It eventually goes quiet and it becomes dark in this room. And you look down the hallway and you see that, uh, yeah, down the hallway and in the uh, main hallway that you came in, that it's gone pitch dark. You see with your sensors on, some of those machines that were wandering about have ceased and stopped. You know from your look at the layout that there is you know, more power generation further into the station for the rest of the station. Hopefully we've cleared a, a couple hazards out of our way by doing that. Well, time will tell. So uh, we head back out to our mechs? Yeah, sounds good. And that mech that belongs to one of these guys who we tied up in here, Yeah, uh, presumably it belongs to one of them. It's, you said it's in like working order, right? Yep. I'd like for Matt to get back into Big Matt and then to send my NHP Lil Matt into this spare mech so we can take it with us. See, like we said uh, last step, uh, it will be you know encrypted and secure. So you'll have to make a check to try to open it up. I think this is probably difficult because especially with your AI doing it. Maybe we could go get it, the codes out of the guy. He's here. Did you guys want to try? Yeah. Try the old fashioned way. Yeah. All right. Um, it was not Dibs, the other guy. Yeah. Dibs, we destroyed. Oh, did you actually? <laughs> what? No. No, no. I mean, we just we destroyed his mech. <laughs> his was the yeah. Bombard. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. You destroyed yeah. Dibs' mech. Presumably, this mech belongs to the second, uh, yeah. which we never yeah. named, the other guy. Mm-hmm. And we left this other guy in the computer hub, right? Yep. Okay. So Matt just like walks back over there. And I don't know, this dude is still tied up there in the corner and presumably scared shitless. And Matt just says, I need your mech's access codes. And then Rusk like pokes his head into the doorway and then just uh, cocks his shotgun. <laughs> That's pretty convincing. <laughs> I think any resistance that he has put up previously is, uh, well, he was never really resisting to begin with. So yeah. he says, uh, yeah, it's uh, 0002. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you for the union <laughs> there's a little key that you need and he points to the pouch on his uh, side and you grab the the ignition nice. key and uh, right. you're perfect. good to go awesome that's my kind of hacking <laughs> yep. great perfect matt fires up this other mech mm-hmm. pops back into big matt backtracks a little bit transfers little matt over into this uh other mech and uh now he's got two mechs Yeah, so you can give basic commands to uh, the NHP that's piloting the assault there. Fuck yeah. If you don't give it 
orders, it'll basically just stand there. Does he use like a minor action to give commands or anything? Let me actually bring up, because actually yours is a little special. So let me double check that I am correct. Oh, you're a little special. Aww. Just a little. They rely on me for direction. When acting alone, they will follow the last direction given and defend themselves as needed. They have limited initiative and don't benefit from my talents. So can I just give it an order to just like take point and just follow me wherever I go? Yeah, sure. So he's just going to follow you and uh, yeah. protect you. Yep. Yep. Sounds good. Cool. Let's do it. I think I did say this one was damaged already. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where to? Did we ascertain some directions from the security cameras? Like, did we know to go left or right? Or So you know that uh, to the left branch leads down to production. And you got a glimpse of that room and you saw before that there was a lot of mining equipment here that was all acting pretty erratically. That may have changed now that you've messed with the power, though. The hallway to the right leads to where you saw the assault that had the cockpit ripped open. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to a room labeled as refinery, which you didn't actually get a glimpse of yet. So armory is through one of these two rooms, maybe through the refinery. Oh, we don't know which one. You though. don't know for sure. No. All right. I'm I'm going to vote refinery. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. Let's do it. I'm in. Can I send Biddy Matt like down to the end of the hallway into the refinery door just to like, you know, make sure there's no tentacle mechs (laughs) hiding around the corner? You know, a little little coal mine canary. You send Biddy Matt down the hallway. He passes again that torn up uh, assault and he turns the corner and sees that there's big, thick metal doors on the refinery and Biddy Matt doesn't have any way to open doors. But when he gets closer to the door, he does hear from behind the wall the sounds of battle. Oh. You hear uh, gunfire and uh, metal on metal, um, small little explosions. Something's going on in there. Ares tenants say never forgo a battle. Let's get in there. Yeah, that's our cue. Lock and load, motherfuckers. <laughs> Lead the way. Alrighty. Uh, I can't think of anything else cool to say. you have my axe I forgot my lunch (laughs) oh no I'm gonna refine their asses (laughs) got them (laughs) (laughs) so let me explain what you see you open the door to refining and this is a, a large kind of cavernous room down the center of the room are eight big pillars that uh lead all the way up to the ceiling Along the left wall, you see a series of machines, uh, macerators, furnaces, tumblers, crushers, smelters, things like that. The machines are fed by conveyor belts that emerge from the north and south walls. The machines uh, are active, but they seem like at reduced capacity. They're stuttering and whining, and there are piles of raw rock piling up on the ground. There's a pile of refined metal that sits in an anti-grav hopper that has failed and is spinning slowly on the ground. More importantly, you see the source of these sounds of battle. You see a couple of the raider mechs. These are those blue and yellow ones. Mm-hmm. You see the commander scout from oh, outside. fucking guy. <laughs> and another basic assault uh, class there. They are engaged in battle with a number of smooth, gray, freshly printed mechs, similar to the bombard and the ones you saw in the armory. And in the center of these new mechs is something that doesn't match anything in your mech's database. The bottom half looks like a standard mech chassis with two humanoid legs, but it stops abruptly and cleanly just below the neck, as if the print job had just stopped early. From where the head and arms would be, instead sprout writhing masses of cables, pipes, and wire. 
The cables whip around chaotically, smashing into machines, the walls, and occasionally one of the raider mechs, knocking them back with surprising force. Electricity cackles along the wires, which snap towards a raider, wrapping around its arm and flinging it violently against the ground before tearing off the arm at the shoulder with a horrible wrench. The raiders are fighting back, but they're being pushed backwards towards the refining machines, which seem to eagerly gnash and burn brighter and hotter as they get closer. Holy shit, that Whoa. thing is terrifying. Okay. Wow. Well, that's different. <laughs> Bad news. In the very center of the room is a large bank of control panels. As you enter, lights on the panel flicker, and one of the monitors pops with a spout of smoke and sparks, and the large doors behind you choppily slide closed with a metallic screech. One of the things I didn't do very well in the last battle is that for Lancer, you're really supposed to have a very specific objective for each battle, and these objectives are not always supposed to be, you know, just kill everybody, right? So in this case, you can see the blue control zone in the middle of the map by the computer mm -hmm. terminals. If you can control that objective at the end of round four, then you'll be able to, you know, reopen the doors and prevent reinforcements and shut off all these machines, and you will have won the encounter. Okay. What does control mean? So you have to have more people in there than the baddies. Okay. So like a king of the hill situation. Exactly. Yeah, it's a king of the hill. Okay. Cool. I'm into that. Couple questions. The commander scout and the assault that are over on the, like, west side of the room. Yeah. They appear to be, like, one faction... And then the rest of these mechs... They're the print including ones, Including yeah. this terrifying fucking tentacle mech. They all appear to be a second faction, right? Yeah, you get the idea. So you see the kind of blue and yellow paint job of the ones on the left. Same ones that you saw outside. Okay. A search in your updated data banks reveals that that's probably Horizon Collective Colors. Oh. And then, yeah, all the other mechs are these like very freshly printed gray, no painting, no doodads, no decorations. All right, looks like we've got a team change up. Uh, and we don't have to roll initiative, do we? Or Nope, you don't roll initiative. You just decide who goes first. Okay. I kind of want to get in between the tentacle creature <laughs> mech and wow. these Horizon Collectives. So if you guys are cool with me doing a couple activations first, I'm going to try and just blast up there. Yeah, go for it. All right, Aries, get in there. With all my quick actions... I can boost as, boost as I move my speed, and I can do that yeah. twice. Yeah, you boost as a quick action to move your speed. Yeah. So I can move 12 squares, or hexes. I know this is so bad, but That's I'm going to so give, give these guys cover. Ares' right hand just goes into a full sprint, charges through the room, and places himself right between this tentacled mech and the damaged assault from the Horizon Collective. Meanwhile, broadcasting to the Horizon Collective. Uh, let's work together on this. The thing is not going to stop until we're all destroyed. And he is providing hard cover for that assault. Cool. Yeah, you get a uh, affirmative over the radio and the uh, Commander Scout starts broadcasting on a wide band his like targeting information and things like that. So you know you'll be able to benefit from his abilities now. Dope. And that's my turn, right? Yeah, unless you want to overcharge, then you are done. Uh, no, I'm going to save that. Sounds good. And uh, another thing we're going to do differently, just in the interest of speeding up combat a little bit, is instead of waiting until the next activation to choose who goes next, you're going to choose right now who the next player is going to be. I will choose Valkyrie. Sweet. You're, so you're on deck. But I get to activate someone first. I'm going to activate the Cedar. 
So you see actually right behind the control panel in the center of the room, there's a little guy. He has a couple big bandoliers of grenades and a big backpack that has like a dispenser on it. He moves kind of around the corner of the uh, control panel and you see basically from his little dispenser out pops a couple little devices that land onto the ground and then dig in a little bit. Um, And you see that he has deployed a couple mines around the control area here. He is done and I will nominate uh, the Writhe to go next, which is the big penalty guy. All right, Val is going to move straight upwards toward where Exodus went. And then I'm going to boost another five. And then I'm going to lunge towards that writhe, giving me an extra three squares of movement between Ares and the writhe. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, there's this mass of these uh, cables that are swarming towards you. All right, let's test out some weapons, see if they even work on this thing. (laughs) Gonna go for a uh, knife attack first. Just rolled a nine. That will hit him. He's pretty big. Sweet. There's just so many of these cables and wires coming at you that it'd be hard not to hit one. So you take a slice with your knife and deal. How much damage? It's going to be four kinetic damage. You see after you hit it, a bunch of these wires begin to start tearing up the metal plating on the ground and it brings up a bunch of these plating and starts basically building armor around itself and it looks like it might have a defense against further attacks okay so I I have to keep doing my attack because that was my first flex weapon mount so now's my pistol attack and I will try to shoot it I rolled a 13 that time you hit. How much damage? Two damage. You uh, start firing off your pistol, and it is basically moving these armor plates to uh, intercept the shot. It impacts with the plate, but it looks like you didn't get any damage in on the unit itself. Damn. Val is a little frustrated by that pistol shot that clearly hit, just doing nothing. So she's just going to overcharge and go for an axe swing. Cool. 16 to hit. Yep. Four damage. Okay, you do get a little bit of damage through, but again, it's bringing up the plates to uh, try to block your attacks. But you cut through one of the plates and the uh, cable that was holding it. Good, that tells me at least which weapons I should be hitting it with. Sweet, that's my turn. Who are you going to nominate? I will nominate, let's see. It's Big Matt and Rusk left. Um, And you could nominate one of uh, of your allies as well, one of the Horizon Collective guys, did you wish? Oh, Scout. Do the scout. Do the scout. Commander scout. All right. I'll do the scout. <laughs> okay. So scout's going to be next. Just shoots Ares in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> Executes <laughs> me. My plan worked perfectly. <laughs> First is the rive. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, why'd you guys do it? Why'd you guys all line up like that? I know. I oh. was trying to take oh, the hit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Valkyrie just got right in the way. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to back. It's really cool. So the writhe, it's picked up all these armor plates from before. It starts to fling them at you. Just a torrent of these metal plates. And it keeps on ripping them up out of the ground and chucking them at you. And it'll hit a cone seven in front of him. So it'll get everybody there. Oh, my God. Oh no! It's got to run out of metal on the floor eventually, right? 
There's cover there. There's hard cover. <laughs> yeah, there will be cover for a couple of them. Yeah, I'm providing hard cover as well. For... Oh, actually, you know what? Sorry, it is not uh, an attack roll. It is a save. It's oh. a reflex save from you guys. Okay. Or sorry, not reflex, uh, agility, whatever it is. Not 20. Nice. Ares' right hand rolls a nine. And the save was an 11. So it looks like just Valkyrie makes it. On a fail, you take eight kinetic damage and are pushed back six spaces. Oh my God. Whoa. Does the fact that I provide hardcover help these guys at all? Not on uh, saves, no. Brutal. Reduced by armor? Yes. So yeah, there's just torrential barrage of scrap metal that he's been pulling off the ground and the pillar beside him. I think you're okay, um, Sean, because you just would bounce into that cover oh, there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> as well as thank Valkyrie's Ares. going to get pushed back right into uh, Ares. You bounce up against the rock behind you, and then Valkyrie gets blasted into you as well. But both the scout and the assault are going to take damage from that hit. The scout gets these big plates of metal like cut right through his thin little uh, chicken walker legs. One of the legs goes flying, skittering across, and then he gets bashed into the uh, incinerator there. Oh, no. And a big gout of flame uh, consumes him, and he is destroyed. Oh, my God. The scout's destroyed? Yeah. <laughs> but it was the scout's turn. He was going to buff me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> On his turn, he dies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you guys pick somebody else. <laughs> so, yes, I will nominate instead Rusk to go next. All right. I think we need to start getting the control area. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spread out a bit here. All right. It's my turn. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. I don't know what who told you about tactics, but thought that's why you were here to tell us about tactics. Well, all right. First lesson. Don't, <laughs> don't go in a straight line. <laughs> Could have told us that before. <laughs> well, you guys went first for some reason. <laughs> So I will move four, and then I will boost for another four. I'm going to go a little to the left, just so I can get a line of sight on them between the two pillars. Cool. These pillars go all the way to the ceiling? Yeah. All right. Uh, And then I will use a barrage. So I activate my howitzer. Cool. I'll target the writhe and hopefully hit the mine and the seeker. Cedar. Cedar. You won't be able to hit the mine because they're uh, buried, but you will be able to hit the cedar as well, yeah. Okay, that's fine. And you get an inaccuracy against the cedar because he is behind the writhe and the writhe is just so chaotic and these wires are like moving and uh, its form factor is constantly changing. Makes it harder to shoot anything behind it. Okay. 17 to hit on the cedar and I rolled a two on the writhe, unfortunately. Six damage. Six damage. Onto the cedar there. The writhe, like, as the mortar is above it, shoots out one of its tentacles and destroys the mortar in the air so that it explodes farther away from him. And he avoids the blast that way. Well, that was unexpected. I'm going to overcharge so I can do another attack. Sounds good. So I put away my howitzer and pull out my assault rifle. And I will just target the writhe. Huh. I rolled a nine, which is apparently... It says it's a hit. 
So I did five damage with the assault rifle. Cool. It currently didn't have any uh, armor plating uh, because it had just thrown it all. Awesome. Yeah, so all that damage went through. Um, but you do see it now start to reassemble its armor. All right, I am done then. So I will nominate Big Matt. Thank you. I'm going to start moving these scours. So you see in the top right corner of the map here, beside some of the pillars and near the uh, big piles of uh, asteroid rock, there's a couple little mechs seem to be carrying like a big energy cannon that's tied up to a generator on the back. These guys have the template grunt, which is basically works like minions from 4E. They have okay. one hit point. Oh, nice. Oh, Splash damage. And he starts stomping towards the center control area there, passing by one of the pillars. That's all he can do. And I'll, I'll nominate the other uh, scourer to go next. Very quick question. Lil Matt, do I have to choose which of us to move or can I? He'll be his own uh, activation. So cool. Okay. So, so then, so I will go and then it'll have to be Lil Matt on the next activation thing because everyone else is gone. There's still the other assault. But yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Okay, great. Well, in that case, Big Matt is going to move to the north by four squares and then boost to move another four squares like northeast, sort of around one of these pillars. And then he's going to deploy an automat. Uh, the mine explodes. <laughs> <sighs> Shit, I'm sorry. The automat takes eight damage and is destroyed. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh, uh, well, I mean, the mine's gone. Yeah. So, yep. That seemed wasteful, Matt. Yeah. What's the range on the mine? Does it damage the cedar or anything? No. No. Okay. Do I have enough action economy left to do an attack with my heavy mount weapon? You moved, you boosted, you deployed a thing. So you are done for actions now, unless you uh, overcharged, but that wouldn't let you fire your super heavy. It would let me do my main weapon, though, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can fire your mortar. Yep. That's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to overcharge and fire my mortar cannon, which I would like to do at the cedar, because I don't think I actually have range of the writhe. So. I think you can get both, because the mortar is a splash map. Fuck yeah. And then I'm also going to use my walking armory, mm-hmm. and I'm going to apply... My ammo case, and I'm going to apply... Um, oh, I keep forgetting to do that. What damage types have we tried against the Rithe so far? I think we know Kinetic. I hit him with basically three Kinetic attacks, but he's taking a lot less damage right now because of his... Shield. I'm going to try Thumper in hopes that I can knock back the Cedar a little bit out of the uh, zone here. So I'll do that. Cool. So I hit the Cedar. That's a 12. Yeah, how much damage did you do? Max, Max damage. damage. I've done seven damage against the cedar with my main cannon, the mortar. The mortar, it blows the cedar back a square. And then you know, he's <gasps> covered in these this bandolier full of mines and grenades. It starts off a big chain of secondary explosions. Uh, and he is destroyed. <laughs> yeah, Does baby. it blow up the yes! stun mine? No, the mine's still there, unfortunately. But, but that cedar is done. Heck yeah, man. Did I do some splash damage to the writhe? You didn't actually roll to hit him, so... Oh, shit. Might be. Probably. Just roll a d20. See what you get. I rolled a minus one, so I missed. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't matter. No. So you do miss the ride, unfortunately. Okay. That's my turn then. Um, And I will nominate the other assault because I have my doubts it's going to be alive much longer, so we may as well (laughs) use them. 
Great. So the uh, second scour starts coming around the corner there, getting towards the uh, control zone. He's done, and I will nominate the assassin to go next. I don't like the sound of that. Mm-mm. But first it is assault. assault. Turn. Oh, boy. He's not in great shape. He just got bashed back against the uh, machinery. He was also the one that had one of his arms ripped off by the writhe as you guys were entering in. So most of his systems are damaged. Oh, actually, you know what? What is nice is that he took half damage from that last attack because he is a brace. Mm. The assault comes up and kind of nestles in between Ares' right hand and the cover. And he will fire at the writhe with his assault rifle. Good idea. Standing in the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just learning from you guys. Yep. <laughs> he gets a pretty solid hit of a six kinetic damage on the writhe. Yeah, baby. And again, you see he's got this armor plating that he brings up to uh, deflect some of that attack, but he still takes a little bit. And the assault, he's got a second action, which he will put a lock on the uh, ride for you guys. Nice. That means uh, one of us can re-roll. One of you can expend the lock on to get an uh, accuracy when you shoot him. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Okay. Who does the assault nominate? I guess it would have to nominate Lil Matt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now it is the assassin. It's a very kind of thin, sleek unit. has a kind of energy knife that shimmers with a red energy that kind of ignites as it starts coming towards you. It's quite quick and mobile, and it dodges back and forth as it moves. Oh, that's a cool mech. I'm into that one. So you see it run towards the pillar, and then claws pop out of its legs and uh, arms, and it starts to climb up the side of the pillar. Give me a break. And it gets uh, about six squares up. Damn. Don't worry, guys. I can fly. And the assassin will nominate the witch to go next. And then it is Little Matt's turn. Do you have control of Little Matt? I do not. Um, <laughs> no one does. <laughs> no one does. can control him. It is a true AI. He's cascading. He's gone rogue. <laughs> Honestly, my objective is to just get Little Matt into the like hill zone. Yeah. Or as close to it. And uh, if I have the opportunity to do so, fire a shot at one of the grunts. Your order is for him to get up into the middle area. And I, Correct. as the NHP, will interpret that. Great. That sounds good. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. So he's just going to move, do a full move to get as close to there as possible. Ending just uh, behind Big Matt there, actually, near the conveyor belts. Okay. Great. Matt says, good job, little Matt. And little Matt says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I've got a few activations to clean up here. So you see the witch which is another kind of fairly small mech. Its head is essentially just a big satellite dish. Is it picking up reruns of Friends? <laughs> <laughs> As it gets closer. I'll be there for you. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it pops up, and then, Big Matt, you feel an intrusion into your systems. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. No, you're good. He missed. You feel the witch trying to dig its little fingers into your systems and specifically into your navigation systems. And you feel it trying to basically geographically pin you to a certain spot to force your systems to not oh, uh, cool. to not be able to move beyond that. But unfortunately, you're able to fight it off. Oh. That's neat. Okay, I'm going to reveal that the <gasps> Writhe has two activations a turn and activate him. Oh my god. You see some of the uh, cables whip out like a, well, like a whip, if you will, 
and try to grab onto Valkyrie's uh, arms and he tries to pull you towards him. Oops, sorry. Oh, I did it this time. I forgot to select the weapon. It says you crit, though. <laughs> he did it wrong. Every <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jake. Yeah, he does extra damage on a crit, too. What should I do? <laughs> oh, no. I'll reroll it. No. I would not no. keep that. Crit. Punish us, Jake. He still got he it. Crit he got 21 anyways. again. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. It was meant to be. Good. These cables reach out at you and grab you and really violently pull you towards him. Okay, I'm going to brace. Not a bad idea. You would take seven kinetic damage, halved on the brace, and then you have to make a hull save or be pulled towards him and grappled. Okay. Nice, I rolled 18. Okay, cool. You take your axe and you cut off the uh, cable that it grabbed onto your other arm and then just shake the second one loose, and you're okay. This is my kind of thing. He decides, fine, that he's just going to run up to you instead then. Good. And you see the cables begin to reach for the uh, chest of your mech and you see them begin to try to pry at every little nook and cranny in the cockpit tearing at open edges and trying to get a grasp on you and it starts to try to tear the cockpit open to reveal the fleshy meat inside and we will be back in two weeks thank you for listening to this episode of the house of bob if you're enjoying the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends, and uh, hit us up on social media. In particular, let us know how you're enjoying this series and this system. It's new to us and we're having a lot of fun, so we'd like to see what you think of it, too. A quick announcement this week. Uh, starting last week, on January 9th, our new Clean Actual Play podcast feed launched, Tales of Bob. We'll be playing through the Pathfinder 2E Adventure Path, Quest for the Frozen Flame. There are already four episodes available, so be sure to subscribe to Tales of Bob on your favorite podcast app. This new feed is only possible because of the generous support we received from our listeners, so thank you. And uh, we hope you'll enjoy. If you'd like to support the show financially, check out our Patreon. There's lots of bonus content, including director's commentary, one-shots, RPG zines, a blog post, and uh, lots of content for you to peruse there. I'd like to thank our existing patrons. It's Patrick Jackson, The Pink Pastor, Gary Theobald, Oliver Grigsby, Garbanzo, Jacob Hansen, D-Chan, Cameron Moose, Eli, Annette, Bruno Returns, Thomas Coleman, Mortimer Thunderbrush, Ben Carter, Connor McCollin, Padraig Hegarty, Brandon Knox, Team Eamon, Pavel Lishin, Christine Braille, Tom Inns, Elias Anderson, Mark Boykin, Jessica Colvin, Scooter Emerson, Tyler Kay, Josh, Keith Haddad, Luck at 12, Tom Wesley, Jessica, Kieran Duffy, Mike, from Tales from the Goscard World, Sylvia Douglas, and Luke Conroy. Our work for this episode is by Jake at Javix. Audio production by Alex, Fastronomic Audio. And the music was by Duke Albert and John Julius, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. If you're enjoying the music, you can get the soundtrack at Duke Albert's Bandcamp. The link is in the show notes. And if you're a patron, you get a special 50% off coupon code. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day. See you in two weeks. Roll on. We were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> they were on a break. The freedom virus or whatever. You mean what? the vaccine? Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, please. Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. Dibs uh, from the other room. Oh, God. Dibs? All right, I go in there and I shoot. <laughs> um, oh, God. Carry on. So you are related. <laughs>
That's en- that's enough of that. <laughs> that's not what that means. Russ, you're, we really you're, need you to stay focused, man. You're the veteran you're here. You're too white, too white to be making those jokes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You know, they cannot be killed in any way that matters, but... Yeah. Whoa. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. I was trying to change tertiary arm to quaternary arm. You send a uh, mini bit... Or, sorry, what was it? Bitty mat? Bitty mat. <laughs> oh, yeah. This looks so awesome in my anime uh, that I'm playing in my head right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, why is Zeri's, like looking at the assault guy, though? Because <laughs> that's the way my mech faces. I can't change my token. Wait, so hold on. you can spin him. <laughs> <laughs> in space, there's no right way up. So that's, that's true. Fine. Yeah, oh yeah, it is a hit, but you didn't select your weapon, so that's why there's no okay. damage there. So I fire blanks into him, like <laughs> as a warning. This head is essentially just a big satellite dish. Is it picking up reruns of Friends? <laughs> <laughs> as it gets closer. I'll be there for you. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Big Matt, you, you, Big Matt, you feel an intrusion into your systems. Oh no. Oh no. No. And what pops on the monitor? <laughs> no. It's Ross. <laughs> He's the it's worst. A, it's a Ross-centric episode. Oh. Um, I'm going to reveal that the Rithe has two activations a turn and activate him. This guy's a cheater. <laughs> like Ross. <laughs> yeah. They were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> that is the episode title. <laughs>